final segment, the final Dan Richo and Satyar Shah mailbag edition of Canuck Central for the summer. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little sad. I mean, I'm here next week, just till Wednesday. You're yeah. not here on Wednesday. Um, and, oh, yeah, we should also mention that next week, Canuck Central is on at a different time, Monday to Thursday. Yes, 9 to noon. So uh, if you listen to us live normally, we'll be on 9 to noon on Sportsnet 650, Monday through Thursday next week, and 2 to 4 on Friday. Sat and I will be together for Monday and Tuesday, and then a uh, summer, uh, summer of juggling will happen <laughs> Yes, beyond that. Yeah, I won't be around much. So after after next week, you know, I'll probably make an appearance for about two weeks in August, and then uh, I'll see you in September. So we're just going to need like uh, Canuck Central listeners to have a uh, where's sat type of like game going on. Pretty much. I mean, the only way you might hear me during my time off is if I'm around when breaking news happens and we do some emergency pod. But only <laughs> if I'm actually, you can track me down during that time. <laughs> Drinking a Bellini at one, one Bellini during a happy hour somewhere around the city on mm-hmm. a patio. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Delightful. The love of the, uh, the, the Bellini on, on, uh, Bellini on, uh, on Canuck Central is just through the roof. It's unbelievable. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Should mention this hour of uh, Canuck Central is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. Producer Josh Elliott-Wolf and uh, Ben Turn aboard for the mailbag today. Yes. Uh, so we're going to start with all the JT Miller questions. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then they'll be done. I thought we were doing Jays talk first. Okay. (laughs) With all the Jays questions. Yes. Uh, Oz, if the Canucks could get that Rangers trade back on the table, the one with Lungfist, Heedle, and a first, do you think they should take it? No. Yeah. Still no. Like, I don't know. It's a nice deal. Again, as long as they stick to their guns and say... You know, we'll we'll still make that trade at the deadline. It's not going to be easy to go through that situation, but that type of a trade will be available to them at next year's deadline. Like it will, you know. At least I yeah. would think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that if you can get something along those lines at the next year's deadline too, or coming up, like it. Get a first and Lundqvist because Hedo to me doesn't move the needle. You got to pay him. Hedo doesn't move the needle. That's actually pretty good. I didn't even mean to do that, but it happened. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know if "good" is the dude, way I would describe. Yeah, that. probably not. Probably not very good. But anyways, about as good um, as my Guns and Roses reference <laughs> from earlier this week. Yeah, you probably. Should've, you should have laughed at it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, you still you gotta sell it sometimes. You know, sell yes. it yourself. Um, but like. That's where I'm at. Like you can get something along those lines because Hedo, you got to pay him. I'm not sure I'm a fan, anyways. And a year from now, do I want to pay like four million for a guy who's maybe a third line center? So, like to me, he's not really somebody who's a tangible asset. It's a pick, and it's a it is a prospect like Lundqvist. That's essentially what that trade would be. I think you get something along those lines next year at the deadline too. It's not super exciting, but it's it's something. I would hope the Canucks. Or at least if they if they ha- if they feel they have to go down the road of trading JT Miller and that they're not going to get the extension done that they want, I would hope that their internal staff is getting one premium prospect that they are 
really in love with. Like that's yeah. ultimately that's what they're looking for because the first round pick is probably going to be a contending team. It's probably not going to be a high first rounder. You better be getting one prospect that you love, and that's that's what they should be aiming for in a JT Miller trade at whatever point it happens. And they should also get a pretty decent roster player as well. Uh, from Quinn, do you think there's a remote chance that acquiring Romanov leads old man Lou Lamorello to believe that Noah Dobson is expendable and would trade him for JT? Absolutely uh, not. No, it's not happening. They got Romanov to, or as I would say, Romanov to... <laughs> I feel, what? That's how you would say it in Russian. Oh, is it? okay. okay. Yeah. Is it I really? you were trying Dad? to italicize. <laughs> no, you would say Romanov. That's how. That's how. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's how you would say it in Russian. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> sure. What? You can't, is, I don't you know. can't start doing Russian accents. <laughs> yeah. You got and then one act thing. like, and then, and then we were supposed to like trust you that you're absolutely <laughs> correct on this. I don't know. <laughs> Who else would you trust? <laughs> Good Someone point. that's Russian. <laughs> My wife is Russian. That's close enough. Uh, at least part. Yeah. Um, well, so, she's Russian when when she needs to be Russian. Yeah. She's Hungarian when she needs to be Hungarian. One hundred percent. I think I think the whole reason they got Romanov Romanov to is to is to pair him with Noah Dobson. Like yeah. that's I, I think they see that as a partnership uh, that will. Bear fruit for many years. They should fire Lou Lamorello on the spot if he trades Noah Dobson for JT Miller. Yeah. Just makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tristan, how would you build a JT Miller trade package with the Predators? Time for Dante Fabro to Ooh. come home? Question mark. <clears throat> I like Dante Fabro, but I don't like him. Like I like him more in his draft class. He's fine, but he's not a legitimate top four defenseman. You know, like if you're getting Dante Fabro back, like don't expect him to be anchoring your second pair, you know, well into the future and being the stud alongside Quinn Hughes. Like, I, I'm not sure he's that guy. Uh, and I like Fabro I like in quite his a bit. class. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just because he's Italian or he's got an Italian name, but Tomasino is right. a nice little player. Uh, is he is. He, he is uh, offensive upside. He's got a ton of that. The Predators. They don't have the deepest prospect pool anymore. Mm-mm. So, again, like the, the problem with a lot of these teams is I'm just not in love with a lot of what they might be offering in a JT Miller type of trade. Like, somebody was asking me about Tanner Janot today. I'm like, no, absolutely no. Uh, he's a mid, mid-20s guy that, yeah, he had a good goal scoring year last year, but... Is 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 he maybe a third piece in a JT Miller trade? I guess I could see that, but not much more. I, I don't know. I mean, Tomasino. I'm a big Tomasino fan. Like, yeah. if you can find a way to get Tomasino, young player, I'm not sure they would be willing to move him. Like, why would you? A young guy, guy that can play center, but I would, would be interested in him. Like, that would interest me. So he would um, be the centerpiece, essentially. Yeah, I would. Like, he would have to be. Yeah, and I would say though, Tanner Janot, he's he's pretty. Like, one thing he does bring is he's a tough player who can play a skill position. That's a hard thing to find. So I would say he's a pretty decent asset. I don't see Nashville trading Janot. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think they would trade Janot for JT because they'd look at it and say, well he's our young gritty player who's twenty five. Why trade trade for a guy who's gonna be six years older? Mm-hmm. Four years older. Um well I mean 
I'm looking at their cap situation, and yeah, you know, they they would need to alleviate something somewhere if they're signing JT and then probably offering him another eight million dollars, kind of like they've got Duchesne and Johansson on. So yeah, that's a it's a tough picture to kind of roll out. Doesn't really make uh, a ton of sense. Omar says questionable scouting reports on Hedl and Fabro, fellas. Fabro played third pair minutes. He's been playing third pair minutes. Like, what are we talking about here? I like Dante Fabro. He hasn't played more than like a third pair role. He doesn't get he doesn't get tough matchups, and he's been passable doing so. Like, he has a little bit of value, but like, do, do people watch what these guys are doing? Like, Hedl had a strong Playoff. playoffs, but before that, he struggled, and he's gonna have to get paid. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, do do people just? Judge these guys based on reputation yeah. and being first round draft picks. Because again, like I like Dante Fabro in his draft class, and I like Dante Fabro. But if you think he's he's a bona fide top four defenseman who's going to come in and, and be this massive hit, he hasn't shown he can do that. I'd I'd take Marino over Fabro. Fabro's yeah, I don't know. I like the fact that Fabro's a bit cheaper in that sense, but for one more I mean, year, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the non JT Miller questions. Uh, Love those ones. Thank you. They're the best. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, you guys spoke about the defense, and certainly it needs to be improved. Yet, I have consistently wondered, and I ask how how much of the issue is the defense and how much of the issue is defensively, as in the five guys on the ice defending well structurally as a unit. That is a big part of it. Um and, and can they improve as a team, bring in the structure things that Rutherford and, and Alvin talked about at the end of the year? Yeah, they absolutely could do some of that. I still think, you know, to some level, they're going to have trouble getting the puck out of their own end. Does that change in a full year of maybe Rathbone and Dermot as your third pair? Potentially. You know, I guess there's a pathway to this team being um, middling in, in that sense. And that's an improvement on where they've been in recent years, but I just I just don't see a ton of upside. Like I don't see where you're getting as much from the back end as Colorado got, you know. But not yeah. really. No other team is getting that. No, it's probably not happening. I mean, realistically, that's probably. But I mean, I would say that with with the way Vancouver can defend a lot better, that's why the Mikheyev signing and guys that are better as two way defenders can Lazar help in that sense because there is to to the point. The seam pass happens oftentimes because the forward also allows it to happen. It's not just mm-hmm. the defenseman. So there is a lot of it on how you play as a structure. And one of the things that was also brought up by Rutherford and, and Alvin about the structure they want to play with is kind of hinting at how they want to be more organized in their own end. And if you're a bit more organized, usually guys will be in the right position. And if that organization you know, entails guys making sure to have their sticks in the right spot, not that nobody ever says you shouldn't. Of course, that's part of it. But that's... One thing the organization thinks they can improve structurally, which will make the defense better. But as much as, yes, there are ways the defense can get better, and yes, uh, it's part of it. A lot of it comes down to forwards as well and how you play. But the reality is, for you to take that next step, they do have to make significant improvements. I don't think the defense is as bad as people make it out to be, but it's certainly not at that championship caliber level quite yet, no matter what you try to do. But I do think... It's not like a you know bottom quarter of the league defense like it's like it gets made out to be at times. What's the worst defense that's won a cup? It's got, I guess Pittsburgh twenty fifteen. Yeah, when everybody got hurt, like Justin Schultz was essentially their number one D man. 
other than that, you know, you got to have a pretty good decor to win. You do. I mean, unless you have uh, two centers like Malkin and Crosby. <laughs> kind of helps. Uh, Andy, when is Mikey DiPietro being traded and where? It's a great question, Andy. I wonder about Montreal. Just wondering. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's I, it's one of those things that, like, I, I think if, if there was a deal to be made for Mikey that got you, like, a draft pick, it would have been done. So I wonder if a trade happens, it would kind of be for a prospect, like so, a prospect for prospect swap. So what Woodley mentioned the other day is, you know, even even with the Delia signing, there is a pathway where maybe Seelovs and DiPietro are the two goalies in Abbotsford to start the year because maybe Delia's just like working on a lot of things, right? And really working on his game and getting to know the new goaltending coaching, the, the, the new staff here. And maybe they work on it that way. And he has to work up through the depth chart in a way that Spencer Martin did. Like Remember, Spencer Martin came into camp last year as the fifth goalie on the Canucks depth chart and worked his way up. Um, is there is there that type of a situation? Probably still more likely than not that DiPietro gets traded, but to think of the where, I think that is that's hard. I think there's a lot of teams that would take a chance on DiPietro, but I would say his value is next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, Mitt, if the Flames blow it up, any chance we'd be able to afford Chris Tanev again? That would be fun. Look, if the Canucks are making any move on D, Myers has to get moved, right? Or like Pullman. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have to move some money in order to add anything on D, whether it's Tanev, anybody else. And also Tanev is just very much a short-term solution, so it's not exactly ideal for a team that still views themselves as being two years away or so. So I don't get it from that sense, but... You know, in any case, the Canucks, uh, whether it's cap space anywhere around the roster, Pearson, Myers, somehow trading Tucker Pullman, uh, the Miller trade opens up some cap space. Like the, that's the only way they're adding on D. And even if they they trade a forward, you know, they who are you adding on on the right side of defense unless you move one of those players? Because there's a bit of a roadblock there. You'd be usurping, I guess. Uh, Travis Dermott or or Luke Shen, but um, chances are you still have to move a body out on D if you're going to add one in. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. You still have to move that body out for that to happen. So if you're able to, sure, but it's it's such a pickle, man, trying to move these guys around. Yep. Chris, who has a better chance at making the playoffs, Ottawa or Vancouver? I like this question, actually. Mm-hmm. But the answer is Vancouver. Yeah. Probably still Vancouver. I'd love to make the argument for the Ottawa Senators, given they've had a, a great offseason. And uh, Eugene Melnick's daughter's absolutely crushing right now as uh, the stewards of, of the Ottawa Senators. But I, don't, I, I, I still don't feel they've done enough to usurp anyone in that Atlantic division. Like, are they better than Tampa? No. Are they better than Florida? No. Are they better than the Leafs? No. Are they better than Boston? Maybe that's where you start to draw the line and say, maybe I could see them being better than Boston. But even Boston, like I still think Boston's a pretty strong team, especially 
assuming Patrice Bergeron comes back. The Senators are kind of like the Canucks light, where mm. the forward group is good. The Canucks, I would say, is probably a bit better. The yeah. defense isn't great. The Canucks is maybe a bit better, but probably comparable. And then Demko's better than Talbot. Yes. So. Goaltending is significantly better. Yeah. So. Significantly. Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, up next, Discount Dracula. What are your favorite summer blockbusters? Ooh. Like all time? I mean, we could do one this year and then your all time one. How do we okay. categorize a summer blockbuster? It's kind of a vibe thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has to be very like popular. What? The Expendables? You know? Yeah, like, sure. That's yeah. a summer blockbuster? Yeah, I mean. Um, like Top Gun is this year's summer blockbuster. I have not yet seen oh. it. Yeah, I guess. So. I, have, I, I still haven't seen Top Gun either. Nor have I. It's, wow. last it's year's, really good. Yeah. What was last year's Aren't blockbuster? Aren't you too young for, for Top Gun, Ben Turn? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Like, did you watch the original before watching? The night before. Okay. I thought you meant it's rated too <laughs> what? That's immediately yes. too young. You're too young I'm for eighteen A, yes. I don't think last year had a summer blockbuster because studios were still afraid to release uh, movies. Yeah. Right, right, right. I was wondering, I'm like, yeah, what were movies? This is probably the first one in a few years where summer's been normal, like Marvel is releasing normally and so like Thor probably counts. So like right. that's why I hate summer blockbusters now because they're all just Marvel movies. I mean, one Marvel f- releases <laughs> one summer movie a year. Yeah, my, my favorite, I would say, my personal favorite guilty pleasure summer blockbuster would be Bad Boys Two, which came out part in two, not part one, not part one, like part two, which came out in two thousand and what two, two thousand three or whatever it came out. Yeah. Something along those lines. It was just a really good action movie. It was just like start to finish action, funny. Like it was, it's really good. Like Bad Boys Two is legitimately a, an entertaining, fun movie to watch. That's maybe my favorite, you know, like action summer blockbuster because I, I think I went and saw it twice. That's how much I enjoyed it. Mike Lowry, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, Martin Lawrence, <laughs> so good. Um, I oh man, I would say in recent memory, um. Mad Max. Oh, Mad I found Max to be a, is terrific. A, a fantastic movie uh, with Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, that would be my recent. It's. <laughs> what is it? How old is Mad Max? Somebody's going to be like, it's 10 years old. <laughs> it is probably 10 years old. Well, it came out, what? No, like it came out in 2012, wasn't it? No, no, uh, 2014. Okay. 2015. 15. That was not even that. That was only seven years ago. That's mm. fine. It should have... You know what? I, yeah. I remember making the argument. It should have won the picture of the year, that movie. Yeah. It was the best movie of 2015. That movie was fantastic. Yeah. Um, all time, probably like Back to the Future. Because mm. Back to the Future is like one of the most rewatchable movies of all time as well. So, I would say mine... Probably The Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Mine's like probably a superhero movie, and that mm-hmm. released in the summer, so I'll say that one. I got another one. This is this goes back to when I was in, uh, I think, grade 7, going to grade 8 that summer. Starship Troopers. Oh, wow. That yeah, is a whole. I, I did not yeah. expect to have a Starship Troopers reference on the show today. That movie is actually fun. Same creators as... Um, uh, Robocop, so it has a lot of the same type of you know vibe to it. Yeah, I don't know. Starship Troopers is, is an entertaining action movie. 
it says here, thanks to Google, Terminator 2 Judgment Day was a uh, summer oh, blockbuster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. Come on. It was. I, I know they've made like seven Terminator movies now. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the last three. But Terminator 2 Judgment Day was legitimately an awesome movie. All right. Uh, up next, AJ, root beer versus cream soda. Which is better? Ooh. Cream soda uh, and on a Slurpee at 7-Eleven, cream soda is the best <laughs> flavor. Uh, I don't like either. I don't I, I don't like root beer. Cream soda is gross, too. <laughs> Which is less gross. That's just like, give me the Diet Pepsi and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I had to choose one, probably, I don't even know. I would Man, say that's root, tough. Beer. root beer's A&W root beer. You know what? A&W root beer, if you have the mug and it's ice cold, it's okay. So I go root beer. Uh, Randeep's going to hate us all for this, but we're going root beer around the table. Well, it didn't say dud. Dud. There it is. Soda. Soda. Dud. I think. Um, I don't know. I haven't had like a glass of cream soda since I was like eight. So <laughs> It's pink. I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> it's not even that. Like, I, I don't know. I just... There's like seven other pops I'm going to go for if I'm actually having a soda, you know? Fair. I like that You call crush. it pop or soda or both? Pop. 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 So uh, soda's the American way, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I like that Crush as a brand. Like mm-hmm. cream soda's their main thing, but then they just got random drinks too, like orange, lime. Grape. Grape. <laughs> they just commit to just and having And even everything. grape tastes like medicine you took as a kid. <laughs> It's so true. And I kind of like, like Buckley's. it. It's like Buckley's. Uh, definitely going cherry. root beer over cream soda. Yeah. The reason I don't like cherry in drinks is because of cherry flavored like cough syrup and stuff. That's all I can think of when I drink mm. have any cherry flavored drinks. I'm a big cherry Coke guy. I would say that's my, my favorite soda. Same. Cherry Coke. I have a slight addition to cherry Coke. In yeah. Uh, vanilla Coke, way better. That's ben, a hot take. Ben Turn and I just... <laughs> Slamming Bellinis and Cherry Cokes. I was going to say Dark Knight, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, next question, Keith the Water Guy. Do you think Mailbag Friday, and this will be the last question, do you think Mailbag Friday was more successful than Password? <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, definitely more successful that. than ta- Password 2.0, but what wasn't? <laughs> um. Password 2.0 was tough. Yeah, it was it not was, a good uh, look. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, I mean, some would say it sunk password completely. <laughs> it was it was, it a, was a master was... class by Satin Bick, though, to make passwords <laughs> so bad that everybody was just like, "Yeah, okay, we can we can get rid of it. We can maybe live without this." Uh, it was an inside job. Pass- sabotage. Password swept the nation. But the mailbag, well, according to Dan, <laughs> the mailbag slaps. So we're gonna go uh, recency bias mailbag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will agree. I will concur. <laughs> oh, we're not doing the Whitecaps question? Keith the Water oh, Guy. Sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. Thoughts on the new Whitecaps signing? Do you think he will fit in Vanny's 3412 <laughs> system, or will there be a new formation to fit him in? Hey, uh, I, I actually uh, applaud the Whitecaps for going out and signing an actually good player or trading for an actually good player. Well, he in, wasn't in he MLS. Wanted, he, he was legitimately like a top tier player in MLS last season. He is one of the biggest assist pro- providers in uh, in MLS. So yeah, it's kind of the the player that they absolutely needed because they 
they they've been playing players out of position at wing back, and that's not really ideal. So hopefully, this is one that uh, that helps the Whitecaps secure more results. It's not uh, the big names like uh, another Canadian MLS squad is doing, but it's uh, still a very valuable signing. I'll give the the Whitecaps credit uh, for that. All right. Uh, love the mailbag. Honestly, it's been uh, it's been awesome. You guys have supported it well. So many great questions each and every week, and every week it is uh, consistently our most downloaded podcast, or usually is among them. And we appreciate you for making the mailbag a success. We'll have another one next week, but it won't be with Sat and I together. So this is the last one before the summer is out. The mailbag. You can subscribe and leave a review on the podcast. We always appreciate it. You are listening to Canuck Central.